and now I've hit the record button, Nathan. Yes, so uh, that uh, extra bit that you were just uh, abusing me, uh, yeah, it won't make it onto the pod. No, 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 it won't. <laughs> Bloody man, you, seriously, I'm sick of them. <laughs> uh, the noises that uh, came out of my mouth earlier this morning. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome yes. to the back peg. Welcome, everyone. Yes, he's, indeed. He's Nathan, I'm Lazarus. <laughs> yep, and I'm still in shock from that guy that's goal. Um, I, that is the best scissor kick goal I've seen for ages. It's definitely the best one I've seen from a man new player. At least he didn't shit it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the goal in isolation, Garnacho's is better than Rooney's. Oh, Garnacho's isn't in a Manchester yeah. derby to win a title, perhaps. But the goal itself, yeah, the it goal, is better than Rooney's. The goal itself is spectacular. And it's similar to uh, to Ronaldo's goal against um, Re- uh, Juventus. Yep. Which was the and, uh, you know the catalyst for him to move to Juventus, I think, with the appreciation shown by the Juventus supporters. Yeah, aside, from, aside from the tax issues, but yeah, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, um, yeah, that that appreciation and that emotion that was um, demonstrated by the Juventus supporters obviously left a mark on uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, obviously got him sentimental enough to leave to uh, head towards uh, Turin, but. That Garnacho goal from the game against Everton, that is, you couldn't get a better scissor kick goal, honestly. I mean, the technique was just flawless. And the the, the play was just brilliant, you know. And I'm, I, yeah, when I saw it, I thought Nathan's going to be cheering. He, you know, his voice is going to be hoarse. <laughs> and it is a little bit raspy, but that could be for other yes. reasons as well. It's been a big win yes, for you. It certainly has been. But um, um, congratulations once more mm-hmm. to Justin Lauren. Come back from the wedding, and it was a, a fantastic event, and everyone enjoyed themselves. And uh, happy to uh, uh, celebrate the happy couple. And yeah, just as I am to celebrate a fantastic goal from uh, Alejandro Ganacho. You mentioned Ronaldo says a kick. Uh, I thought of Bales. Yes, yeah, in the, in the Champions, Champions League. League yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, he didn't shin that either. So no, you know. Yeah, it's, absolutely brilliant. It's these it's, sorts of moments they make us take stock and pull out the top draw finishes because uh, we'll be seeing that one from Garnacho for years and years to come on, on compilations and yeah. Premier League promotions it, it, and everything. It, it, look, we've seen some pretty pretty decent goals this season uh, across the leagues, but I would have say in England at least that is the goal of the season. I think. Yeah. I think it's it, it's going it will, to it will take some beating. Yeah, it, it definitely takes some beating. That's for sure. But um, it'll be in contention for the Puskas as well the next time that rolls around. I would say so. It'll get nominated so. for sure. Yeah. And oh. uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some very good goals scored in mm. uh, recent weeks and months. But uh, I'm glad I'm not the one who has to uh, make a call on that. I-, I would love to be on a panel to judge that. I think it's just. <laughs> I mean, think about it. How joyful is that? Oh, yeah, amazing. Like, you know, it's brilliant. Not for the evidence supporters. <laughs> well, no, okay, we're well, not. Okay, but we're, yeah, you're right. But, and hi to Peter Tolocca. But um, when we, um, you know, when you are charged with that kind of responsibility of actually being on that kind of a panel, right, mm. it's it's insane. Like, you look at the technique and the, and, and the football involved and you're looking at it from an objective point of view, not a, from a fan's perspective, right? So it's, yeah, it would be an absolute joy to actually go, you know, to be on that type of panel and actually argue the toss with how many people that would be on that panel. Go, no, hang on. This is why this is the goal of the season, right? Not because, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be fascinating. 
I'd love to be on something like that. I think that would be absolutely awesome. And what a, joy- get people- what a joyful discussion to have. Yeah, it, it would be fun. Um, I don't know if I could uh, pin my colours to a mast in terms of a style of goal because like, you get the ones like this morning, which is just ridiculous. But then the team goals, beautiful. Exactly right. Like, the you know, what about... Like, how many times do we what, see one from... Sorry, no. We talked about Mitomaz goal, like, in yeah. the first week of the season. It was yeah. like, hey, that's it. Shut the gates. It's <laughs> over, right? <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, it, it's fascinating, all these things. All right. This morning is up there with the best Premier League goals ever. Mm. And ones that come to mind are, say, Rooney's bicycle, but this one eclipses that. I think of the Jack Wilshere goal for Arsenal at the Emirates against Norwich. Sure. As for mine, that's the best team goal I've seen. Uh, well, some of the Brighton ones in recent years have gone very close to that. It's it, it's always fun to go through and um, see which ones you sort of rank over for others, what style of goals. Because you've also got all the halfway line strikes as well. Yeah, but also don't forget Screamers. I love Screamer. Mm. Right. And there were the a couple, yeah, and there were a couple of screamers in uh, the Bundesliga on the weekend as well. Um, and I think want to say I think it was uh, a player from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach actually hit an absolute screamer of a goal. Got clocked at 120 k's. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is insane power. Right, it's absolutely incredible, you know. But um, yeah, no, just insane, insane. And the goals have been flying in Germany too. They have, they have, <laughs> as they typically do. And I think that's why I said, uh, was it last week's part of the one before, that uh, I'd love to have a German team because it just looks like so much fun watching the Bundesliga every week. And oh, it's a great maybe league. you can tear your hair out of some of the defending perhaps. Sure. But it's so open and attacking. There's so much space. And I think... Uh, do, do you think that's why Alonso's, uh, Xavi Alonso is enjoying it so much? Probably, yeah. And uh, I can definitely see uh, one Postacoglu managing in Germany one day. That that would be interesting. Mm, seems to uh, suit uh, his brand. <laughs> do you think it would be a Dortmund? I think Dortmund would suit him very well. Mm, mm, I, I agree. I I suspect though that um, yeah yeah I was going to say I suspect if Angie's ever to coach a national team, it'll be Greece again. If he's ever to coach a national team, um, I think he's enjoying clubland though way too much, which is great. It's great to see. Although I didn't enjoy yes. it last, you know, this weekend gone. But I just just want to come back to Xavi Alonso, right? Mm. For a minute, for a minute. Eighteen games as manager of Bayer Leverkusen, seventeen wins, doing a very very good job, mm. and a draw against Bayern earlier on in the season. I think is the other one on that list. If it's Correct. seventeen out of eighteen wins, he's having such a fantastic time there. It's a big game on the weekend coming up. They're going to be playing yep. against Borussia Dortmund. Correct. Which is a big test for Xavi Alonso and his team. I think they'll pass it with flying, flying colours um, almost a week out from it. Mm. They're such a good team to watch, mm. Leverkusen. Yeah, agree. Agree, and you can watch it on B in at, at the moment. That you can. So, um, yeah, which it, which is also showing the Serie A. That it is. That and it is, Les. We had a, there's a bit of a, um, I don't know what the name of the derby is. I mean, it's not a derby really, but it's in between Juventus and Inter. Because it is, is a rivalry. The, it's a rivalry. Is, da- oh, is that the Derby d'Italia? No, that's... Ooh, no, I think that's Milan and uh, Juve. Ah, oh, good very well, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's Milan and Juve. But um, as I pull up my phone to Google it... Yeah, sure. You you do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you do that. But I was going to say, though, that um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, ended up as one all. It's those games just tend to be title deciders between Inter and Juve, and you know, there's only they're only two points apart. So at the moment, which is uh, surprising actually, I thought uh, that um, Napoli and Milan would be closer, but Napoli had been a bit off the ball. But Mazzaro got uh, his first win at uh, Napoli. Having taken over, and Roma has uh, sneaked into fifth. So Mourinho doing you know, sneaking back into um, where he's accustomed to. Having said that, I think the game of uh, Serie A was uh, Empoli Sassuolo. I didn't catch that. And seven, uh, seven goal thriller. Really? Wow. Mm. Okay. Um, I have so, come back from my phone, and it, it is indeed the Derby d'Italia. Um, but um, talk to me, Laz, about this game between Empoli. Four uh, three, um, Sassuolo getting the uh, the biscuits whilst uh, Empoli was at home, but. Uh, you know, you just want to see those kind of games, right? You just want to see high-scoring, entertaining games, which that was one. Um, you know, obviously a different, you know, Inter and Juve playing a different type of football to uh, Sassuolo and uh, Empoli, but we're keeping an eye on Sassuolo because there's one uh, particular person of interest there. There certainly is. Mm. And someone who uh, hasn't been getting a whole lot of game time this season. And we are referring to Nathan. Uh, one young Mr. Volpato. Correct, correct. So, who is managed by Francesco Totti. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Look, he moved to Sassuolo to get regular football. Isn't playing there yet. Totti's still apparently advising him to um, to keep his powder dry and not commit to Australia as far as playing at an international, full international with the Socceroos yet, which I find fascinating. But And I, I actually understand the reason why because of the earning capacity that becoming a fully-fledged international with Italy would happen. But the that door's is, closing. I think that door is closing. I think Italy will pick him like as a full... If he doesn't start for Sassuolo, how can he be... I mean, he is young, right? So he's mm. got time ahead of him. So maybe that door isn't closing, Nathan. But I get where you're going to as far as that is the case because it's only a matter of time before Arnie actually does invite him, I think, and actually will play him just to tie him up. Now it's up to Volpato to decide if he's going to, um, you know, to to agree to that. But because the thing is, he's twenty years old now, Volpato, mm. and it's not. Old. I think that's not old, but I don't think if you're struggling to get regular game times when you are 18, 19, 20, 21, mm. if you're not in a first team playing mm. majority of games in the majority of the season. Mm. It is difficult to then make that step up in your mid twenties to get into a national team at the level of Italy, sure, and to no, play for the biggest right. clubs in the in the world. Correct. Although he is still part of the Italian system in a way, right? He is, but, but there will be younger players who have surpassed him in the pecking order. Mm. And progression is not linear, of course. Some of those players may regress, sure. but for Volpato to break into the Italian national scene setup, yes, you're right to say he's not getting in at Sassuolo. It is just the first part of this season. It's a four-month period isn't going to define his career, but not it's not the best look, and you need to be getting in and playing games, is my point. Sitting on the bench and training with good players isn't enough. No. Yes, you need to be playing. I agree. And that's why he left Roma to go and play, right? But yep. um, he's not playing. Would you pick him, though... Um, for the Oli Roos and actually integrate him into the Australian system that way. If he wants to be called up for the Oli Roos, sure. I think it'd be great to get him in, involved in the setup to assess where he is against uh, some of those players. Is he a cut above the rest of the Oli Roos squad? That would be my sort of objective with calling him into an age team for Australia. Is he good enough to play in the men's, the senior team for the Socceroos? Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. not. 
Yeah. And also on this topic, with him declining the call-up to play against Bangladesh and Palestine, I don't necessarily hate that. And I don't. I also don't necessarily mean it's him turning his back on Australia again. Because as it is, he's not getting he's not getting into the Saswalo team. Staying back over international break, working with the coaching staff, may hold him in greater stead for this busy December January period. Sure. So maybe that'll work out in his favour. But it's not just that he's not starting games less. He was left on the bench this weekend. Yeah, he was. He didn't. He didn't come off the bench at all. Yeah. So mm. I think he needs another move in January if the next month doesn't work out for him. So soon. He probably I mean, needs to go. He only, went needs to, like, he only went in the summer, the, Nathan. Like, but he's not playing. Yeah, but he's got to bide his time, though. Surely he's got to actually, like, you know, do the work, put in, and actually, you know, and actually demand, you know, to be chosen. Now, look, it may, it may be that the coach doesn't fancy him enough. And why'd they buy him? Well, this is the thing, right? Did um, Toddy sell, sell them a good story? Possibly, but not every signing works for every coach as well, right? So, you know, the player will be there beyond the, co- beyond the coach if the coach doesn't hang around, you know, if the coach has shown the door. He's got a future there, but it just, it's a question of, you know, like many players, Nathan, right? It's a question of being at the right place at the right time and being guided by the right people. Now, if he's got the right, I think he's got the right person guiding him in one way, but he's just got to, you know, he's just got to tread carefully and look at it objectively and go, okay, what do I want to do as a player rather than actually look at just the money, which is easier said than done. The point that Toddy is saying is that, hey, your value as a player, dollar-wise, will be worth more should you become a fully-fledged Italian national team player as opposed to a team player of the Socceroos. Is Toddy right? Prima facie, yes, right, from a dollar value perspective. And he can demand higher wages. But that's where you go, okay, well, what is the likelihood of Italy actually picking me, right? And I'm sure there's different types of factors that come into that as well, right, versus, you know, as compared to, and what are the chances of the Socceroos picking me? Now, I think he's got a greater chance of the Socceroos actually picking him than what the Italians will. I would also say that he doesn't walk into the Socceroos squad. No, he doesn't, not currently. No, not he's got to prove himself on that level as well. Correct. And what I was sort of getting at is that if he's not playing many minutes between now and the end of December, he's got to sit down with the boss and say, what's your plan for me? Mm. Why am I getting many minutes? Mm. If I'm going to continue not getting many minutes, send me on loan in January. Yeah, and look, that's a possibility, right? That is a possibility. But um, yeah, let's watch and see what happens not only with Valpato in um, Sassuolo, but also the rest of uh, Serie A in coming weeks. Um, tell me, what was your th- highlight of the international week? Because we haven't, you know, gotten together over the last week. And Australia, uh, Australia yes. did play Palestine away in Kuwait. And a uh, bit tricky, bit tricky. It was always going to be emotionally charged. Mm. And as a Palestine team, that's absolutely going to be up for it. And they were. Mm. And they had their chances, Palestine, to... Uh, throw a cat amongst the pigeons. They mm. almost took their chance, but uh, not quite. And look, I think given the circumstances, I can't necessarily fault the Socceroos to mm. any great extent. Yes, it would have been nice for them to score two or three. Great, mm. sure. But again, it's a, it's a well-managed win. Mm. And Harry Sutar, again, being mm-hmm. the difference maker. Yep. It's just ridiculous. He's, what's it? What is it, seven now? I, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. And look, you're right. Australia had chances to make it two or three, but Palestine mm. had the chances as well. Uh, yeah, we just need to be a bit more 
clinical in front of goal. Really, that's the biggest thing that we've been saying, right, with regard to the Socceroos. How do we get? How do we become more clinical and take the chances that are created? Um, but um, I did get a message from Stuart Redmond. Oh, uh, and nice. he did say yes. Listen to the pod, um, and he congratulated me on my total aggregate score for the two games out of that we were expecting. <laughs> I, I did say, I think in the uh, last episode or the episode before, that I expected um, Australia to score eight goals in the two games. And I thought it would be five and three, but happened to be seven and one. So, but thanks so does, for the shout out, Stuart. Yes. Um, Stuart Redmond um, hosts uh, another program on uh, 2SSR mm-hmm. and the Southern Child Community Radio, Sideline And, he, and uh, he's always listening to the pod, which is great. So, thank you, yes. Stuart. And uh, shame about the football club he supports, uh, Aston Villa. But uh, we won't discuss more on that. <laughs> oh, we will talk about Villa later on, but that's all ah, right. Ah, yes, yes, and, yes, yes uh, he will. Yes. And uh, hello to Trent Sweeney as well, Aston Villa supporter <laughs> extraordinaire. But um, Les, on the yes. international break, so yes. you said Let's go. you're expecting aggregate score 8-0 yeah. for Australia. Mm-hmm. You got it. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you give this international window a big tick? Yeah, I do. Cool. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you can't. Job done so far, right? So we just wait uh, for, I believe, um, March now. I think that'll be the next international window. Um, or January. Well, we've got January, yes. We've got the AFC Asian mm. Cup, but I think uh, uh, March is when we play home and away against Lebanon. Um, and, um, yeah, so I can't remember in what order that will be. But I haven't ne- seen. Is never, there a word on where the uh, home match against Lebanon is going to take place? Where in Australia? Still, oh, I don't know where here. Yeah, I assume it'll be Melbourne. You know, I have it's a nice feeling. Was in Sydney. I have a feeling it's going to be Melbourne. It would It'd be, be great if it was in Sydney because of and at Combank, the, the, the Lebanese diaspora. Yeah, and at Combank. Yeah, or or Allianz, one of the two. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know what? I think that actually, I think Combank would be awesome. It would be because I don't think the soccerers would get thirty k for the game. More than thirty k to justify putting it at more park. So stick it at Parramatta. Depends what time of day. Like I mean, what time of day? It depends what day it is, right? Um, we know it's going to be at night. It's just the question of, yeah, you know, is it going to be the midweek game or is it going to be the weekend game? If it's a weekend game or a Friday night or whatever the case is, mm. it, you know, it could get forty. It's probably going to be a Thursday or a Tuesday night. So yeah. Which is always difficult, mm. and and it's always be, difficult. And I'd be more inclined to put it at Combank if that's the case. Yeah, I think closer to Western yeah, Sydney as well. Yeah, put it in absolutely. the heart of Western Sydney. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and make it gonna, a good atmosphere. Look, if and, the Socceroos were playing strategic and Football Australia were wanting the ultimate competitive edge, you play them then, in Brisbane. Yeah. Don't put it in Sydney. <laughs> put it in Darwin or something. In, I don't in, know. <laughs> in Perth. But you laugh about that, right? You mm. know, God rest his soul, Frank Arrow in the 80s. He actually, and I think, I'm not sure if Eddie Thompson suggested it or not, but I'm pretty sure Frank Arrow actually suggested that when, uh, I think it was for the Mexico 86 World Cup campaign with the two-legged playoff against Scotland, right? Australia went to Hampton Park, and I think Ferguson had just, he was the caretaker manager of Scotland before he went to going to Man U. And uh, obviously Australia went to Glasgow, lost 2-0. The return leg was in Melbourne at Olympic Park, right? Um, and uh, somebody actually suggested, and I think it was Frank, I'm not sure, right, uh, that they play in Darwin, right? Yeah, so, for the climate. <laughs> for the climate, because it was actually in November. Or, or mm. October. So it was a, you know, I think it was in November. And 
obviously because of the heat, right? Because they were playing in Glasgow where it was only like four degrees or whatever the case was. Right? Yeah. Imagine coming back to Australia and actually playing, you know, <laughs> a week later, two weeks, it would have been two weeks later back then from memory. And, you know, coming and playing uh, Darwin for, you know. Yeah, nearly 10 times the temperature. <laughs> they, the, Scots, the Scots would have melted. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst they, in Melbourne, it was a cool, it happened to be a cool night. Mm. <laughs> yep. Ah. Yeah. There you go. But, I think also this raises a question that the Socceroos should be moved around the country, especially for this round of qualifying, where yeah, absolutely they're like expected town. to win every game. Yeah, and, like, and like a Newcastle or a Townsville or something yeah. like that. Just move around. No, I agree with you. I even, think it's a great idea. Not even that small. Like put the Socceroos in Adelaide. How long's it been? Yeah, I agree with you. Hey, look, Adelaide. You know, like uh, Coopers. Ooh, yeah, it'd be high, fantastic. High, high marshes, we love to call yes. it. I agree. Look, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think right. it'd be awesome. These games, like it's great that the Socceroos went to Melbourne to play Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. I want to see them in different parts of Australia. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I'd like to see. I would also like to see them at the more regional areas: Newcastle, Townsville. Yeah. Yeah, you say Darwin. Like, why not? Seriously, put them at Darwin. Why not? I like, don't know. I don't know if I'd put the the. I would have to pick my opponent very carefully for the Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, you know, completely, right? Um, Even the nation's capital, though. The Socceroos don't play up in Canberra. There's a reason for that. Go on. I don't know what Do it you is. you know something? Oh, there is a <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, I'm being facetious. Look, um, I was going to say something about politicians, but, you know, no, I, I don't. No, I'm not going to be that disparaging, <laughs> you know. But Just a little bit? A little bit of disparaging? No, no, no. No? No. no. Uh, okay. No. Um, let's wait and see. Uh, you know, Graham Arnold and Tony Gustafsson have done a, a good job on, uh, you know, telling them, hey, you know, it's all good when you want to wear the scarf and support us. And, you know, Elbow even made an announcement using the back of the Women's World Cup to actually say, hey, here's a $200 million fund of, for women's sport. And we don't know what uh, women's sport, right? Not women's football, mm. which is the event that actually brought, you know, that kind of generated and fostered that. And we still don't know what football is going to get. Yeah, it will not be anywhere no. close to $200 million. It will not be a quarter of it, probably. And and it probably needs to be, by rights, by the number of participants, it probably needs to be at least half of that $200 yeah. million, not you know, 25% of it, which is what I think it'll happen. And most of it's going to go to rugby league, probably? Look, good luck to them, right? But our administrators just need to absolutely kick up a huge stink and say, how dare you? Mm. How dare you put on a Matilda scarf or whatever the case is and use this event and then go, hey, we're going to do this, and you know, without the due recognition and say, okay, well, look, in this case, this is where it's actually going to be. It's going to be all sports. I would have rather they actually, they actually have all sports up there represented, not the uh, FA, you know, the F people from FA and actually use that as a catalyst and go, hey, look, this is how great is this Women's World Cup? Mm. We're going to do this. Um, but still leave the sport underfunded proportionally to <laughs> the likes of rugby league and AFL and cricket. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that the game is underfunded proportionally to the participants and the level of funds that uh, those other sports get as compared to football, right? Yeah. No, nobody can argue that. Nobody can argue that. The facts there are there, they speak for themselves, and it's only going to get more challenging because of the amount of players. And I can tell you that there's been an increase in girls, partic- you know, girls wanting to play football, right? Where are we going to foster, like, you know, cater for these people? So they're going to come, right? And 
where have we got the facilities? Where do we have, um, you know, the amenities? Yeah, exactly. And the pie, to use the famous analogy, the pie is only so big. And the more people playing, the smaller and smaller the slices get. Well, make a bigger pie. Yeah, the pie the pie's got to become bigger then if you want there to be the benefit yeah, of the social, you know for the social interaction and the health and the well being of all the participants and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Get a bigger pan. Exactly right, yep. and a bigger and a bigger oven. Yep, you know, absolutely, absolutely. It's time you put your chef's hat on and your chef's coat on and whatever else the chefs wear, and you know. <laughs> And not, worry about, and, and not worry about the scarf so much because mm. you put on the scarf when it suits you. That's it. That's it. Laz, while we're here on the national team in Australian football, let's talk mm-hmm. about the big rumour coming out of the past week or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And which, which one's this? I'm sure there's plenty going around and there's mm-hmm. plenty that we'll bring up, I'm sure. But uh, you mentioned his name not five minutes uh, ago. No. <sighs> Do you want to tell Tony Gustafsson. Do you want to tee off on this one? I'm, I'm actually peeved with Tony. Tony G and, and his mixtape. <laughs> but I was going to say, I was going to hold fire till later on, but I know I mentioned well, his name. Yeah, and it fits in this little part of the pod as well. Okay. Uh, so Tony Gustafsson has been linked, and that's all it is, a link, maybe an interview, but nothing concrete whatsoever, to the Swedish men's national team role. Okay. Which has become available because they have failed to qualify for the Euros and thus... Uh, but, drafting up a shortlist for a new boss, and when when you lose three nil to Azerbaijan away, <laughs> right? But and that disrespect to Azerbaijan, right? But Azerbaijan had ten men. Yep, and we're talking about Sweden here. Mm. Sweden, Sweden, one of the mainstays of the Euros. Yes, maybe they're not a threat to take the whole thing out, but always there. Most of the time, they're there. More often than not, and that's an embarrassing result. I know we sound like Gary Neville, or I sound like Gary Neville when he's talking about this is Manchester United and Roy Keane, right? This is Sweden, for goodness sakes. Right? <laughs> and what the other thing that gets me about this is that why is it that over the last six months that Tony G is linked with these jobs? So yeah. is there discontent on the Football Australia side or is it that he's actually pining for another job and he's actually putting, you know, feelers out himself through his agent, right? Who is doing his job, right? If that is the case. But he's contracted to Australia till the end of the Olympics. Now, the Olympics are, I believe, in July 2024. Yes. Or August. Yep. Sure. Right? Then. So um, you know, so what is the play that he's pining for here? Does he think he can actually do the two jobs? Does he think he can actually no. take the, you know? Can't be, even though it would be possible because the international windows, aside from the ones at the end of the season, don't line up. They're not aligned. No, no. So in in theory, somebody could coach a men and a women's national team at the same time. Correct. But you say he's contract to the end of, well, up until the Olympics. Mm. Sweden aren't going to be at the Euros in the summer. Mm -hmm. Is there something where he can line up the end of one contract? leads into the start of a new one, a new job, without well, yeah. actually leaving the Matildas dugout. Yeah, because the Euros, Potentially. Are, yeah, the Euros are in June. Yes. I want to say. So June. So and Sweden in, in, will be playing friendlies in March. Into and July. friendlies in June. Mm. Yeah. So, so and, nothing game. So they could hang on to an interim in the meantime. Yep. So the, the Euro final, I think, is will be in July, right? Because they always run mm. into July. So then the next... Window international window would be the first weekend of September. September, yes. There you go. Look, we could be on something look, that lines up. Mm. It makes sense. It's easy for us to put two and two together. 
and get the wrong answer yep. with this because mm-hmm. Sweden may go another way. Of course, I'm sure with any competent FA, when a job comes up, they have a short list. And I'm sure Tony Gustafsson is a name on a short list. And he mm-hmm. wouldn't be the only name. So they may go in a different direction. But mm-hmm. given that, as we say, Sweden's men's team don't play any serious games now until September next year, which may be Nations League, maybe World Cup qualifiers. That they would be World Cup qualifiers, I reckon. It could be either. But mm. the point is, like those are the next serious games. That does line up quite nicely with the timeline. And you say he's in the running for other jobs. There was, of course, a link for the, the US women's national team, which yes. they decided to, uh, and quite rightfully, go for Emma Hayes. Uh-huh. I think when we were discussing that rumour a few months back, uh, we didn't really think of Emma Hayes as a potential uh, successor to Vlatko. I didn't say that, no. I didn't think it was a, a realistic option, but uh, here we are, and fair enough. But this one might be a little bit different. And look, Tony Gustafsson has said that he's committed to the Olympics and the games in between. I think he can be exploring his options and be committed. I think based on that timeline, he wouldn't be lying. Yeah, and look, I think that the women's game will run Olympic cycles as far as coaching appointments are concerned because the way that it pans out is that um, the World Cup is the year before the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And if I'm right in thinking, I'm thinking that the Asian Cup, so that would be by my reckoning, the year after the Olympics. No, no, it's it's two years after the Olympics. Yeah, it's World Cup, Olympics, year off, Asian Cup. Okay. So then that, yeah, so that's why I think you've got to go with Olympics, right? With Olympic cycles. It makes sense to go with an Olympic cycle with the Olympics game. Yeah. Play the three tournaments in succession. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, okay, so right now, Tony's at a pass mark, effectively, although he did have an Olympics in between or because of COVID. So the Olympics were uh, I mean, delayed, were delayed, weren't they? So I think a pass mark is harsh. Two, well, semif- not, two semifinals? I'm not going to sit here and say he deserves an A+. Hey, we're not, not going to give him university grades here and go, hey, pass credit distinction. You know, <laughs> like it's either a pass but, or a fail, right? I mean, pass. So he's got a pass. A high, pass okay. signifies five out of ten. I think okay, that's so, harsh on Tony right. to say five okay. out of ten. Where do you think he's sitting? Because, look, I'm, the Asian <sighs> Cup is a fail. Yes, it is. And he, and, needs to re- yes. and he needs to rectify that, right? The trouble is is that he's not going to get an opportunity to rectify that unless he's renewed. And also, the Asian Cup is the weakest out of the three tournaments. He, which means that it's the most winnable, which means that you've actually got to win it. But also there's, I think, if, say, the Asian Cup disappointment happened now, mm-hmm. the like if you go and do something at the next tournament, then everyone will forget about the Asian Cup, which didn't quite eventuate because the Matildas didn't go further than they did. They finished fourth at the Women's World Cup, which I think all of us would have taken that heading into the tournament, but the way it panned out... We expected that top four. I mean, I expected them to get out of the final, right? But yes, top four. Yeah, I think no one pre-tournament would have gone fourth. Ah, nah, no thanks. I'll take it. Yeah, they would have said I'll take it. Yeah, I think everyone would have taken it. Absolutely. And uh, Which it doesn't necessarily redeem Tony G but I think he deserves a little bit of credit for getting that far. Yes, there were some okay. uh, glaring things with the tournament in terms of the Nigeria game, which in the end didn't really matter because it's right to the top of the group, but the rotation and some of the tactics as well, yes, 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 yes. It's all it's all familiar territory. But Stop it, I'm getting flashbacks, all... right? <laughs> <laughs> we're winding the clock back a few yeah, months. That's it, that's it. <laughs> but uh, look, Tony G for mine gets a 7 out of 10. If he was to depart before the Olympics, if he was to go and pick up a medal, any medal, any color, 
then I think that get, gets bumped up to an eight, possibly a nine if it's gold. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I'll reluctantly agree with you at seven because <laughs> he doesn't pick Chids uh, uh, enough. He left her out of the squad for Canada. He did. And now he's recalled her. I mean, that's why the other reason why I'm pissed because I think that's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It is. It so is, a is. couple of months ago, you're saying she's a, you know the most she's a most valued member of the team, and you've left her out. <laughs> Come on, mate. Who, who's chaining yep. you, yanking here? Honestly, yeah. do, do right. as I say, not as I do. Um, Correct. Oh, look over here. It's okay. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's a, here's my new mixtape. No, <laughs> mate. Stop it. It needs to go back to the studio with that one. Let me ask you a question. Mm. Would you? You're James Johnson, hypothetically, mm-hmm. right? Um, you are right. Do you offer Tony G a renewal right now? I don't. Right now, as we sit now, right now, we don't. The answer is no. I agree with you. And why though? On the same token, I want to see if you're thinking the same way I'm thinking, which is scary, right? (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Oh, stop, right? (laughs) I mean, uh, often people say we agree with each other too much on this show. No, we need um, to look, we need to argue more, but it can't be contrived. Like, you know, I mean, it's got to be authentic and. Mm. Yes. Like I just take contrarian views all the time. Well, um, we can, but, you know, it's just going to be... That, you know. that is true. <laughs> but look, where I sit now, does he deserve a renewal? No. Does he de- deserve to be sacked? No. I agree with you. I don't think... I think the answer to both of those questions are no. I think it's always difficult when you are approaching the end of a contract and there's a tournament on the horizon. Is there that same sort of power in the dressing room? Does it lead to some sort of compa- complacency issues? Because oh, the players might think, ah, oh, well, you're out of here in a month, so what's the point? Not that I'm suggesting any players in particular think that, but it might be some thought with some players in some situations in some dressing rooms. Understood. The question for mine is, has he shown enough to deserve a new deal to take us into what could very well be a home Asian Cup Uh and a Women's World Cup, which could very well be in Europe and very much under the pressure on home turf of many big nations now as the European nations are getting bigger and bigger and the uh, prospect of making a semi-final would be less than it would be for this tournament that we've just had here because yes, no home advantage and sure. it's in their backyard. I think all in all with what we said earlier with the tactics and the rotation and everything else and the style of play as well. Look, finding Sam is great. She's the second best player in the world officially, but we can't be finding her every single minute of every single game. Finding and- Sam. Finding Sam. That sounds like the name of an SBS movie, right? <laughs> the problem is they find Sam too much. <laughs> Sam needs better hiding spots. Exactly. <laughs> right? Um, look, I think all in all, where I sit now, can you get Joe Montemurro? If it's a yes, get him. Mm-hmm. If not, you have to go to the drawing board and explore other options. Does Ante Yerish deserve a crack at the national team role? Mm. I think in isolation, he probably deserves one. Yes. Does that make him prime candidate? No. But if you look, let me ask you this. If Ante Juric was announced as the next Matilda's boss post Olympics, there's just a end of a contract for Tony G. Addy goes, no sacking whatsoever. In comes Ante Juric. Are you disappointed? No. That's where mm. I would sit as well. And I think it is time for a change. No, no, I'm not disappointed. I like Ante, but I would rather, and no disrespect to Ante at all, uh, I would rather Joe Montemurro. Yes. And it's just a case of whether or not he makes himself available. Correct. Does he want to stay in Europe? Correct. Because he's got a good thing going there. Managing he does. He Juventus does. and Arsenal previously. Correct. He's got a very how, good thing going. So how, taking himself out of European club land to coach a national team, does it work for him is the important question. That's the, that, And this is the question. This is the most important thing, right? Um, yeah, the timing's got to be right. 
in Joe's you know professional career, he still feels he needs to be in clubland. Completely understand that. Completely respect that. Do I think he would make a great coach in the Tillers? Absolutely, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Is it too obvious a choice? Yes, it is. That's why Ante intrigues me as well. Mm. The prospect of Ante Juric uh, intrigues me. But I think we've got to go with look. Joe has to be number one on the list. I think right. And then you go from there. And then you go from there. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Look, I'm just thinking back to Tony G now. You're going, okay, seven out of ten. I think that I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I wouldn't go more than seven. No. You know, like it's not. I think it would actually. It's sits between six and a half to seven for me. Um, no, I was only working around yeah. numbers, so six and a half becomes a seven. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, and the reason for that is, like you said, the tactical a- aspect of it. Yeah. Too predictable. Yeah. It is. And we're the too predictable. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're too predictable. Um, like you can actually pick what the changes are going to be, when he's going to make them. Um, where is the preparation been for each, taking each opponent on their merits? Yes, you can have an identifiable playing style and that's fine. Uh, but you, you know, you have to look at each game in isolation as well and say, okay, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to approach this game? Mm. Now, his best coaching performance was Canada. Oh, yeah. But it was down to the execution of the Matildas in that game as well, right? Um, and, you know, obviously it'd be interesting to know what issues Canada had because it, it seemed like both all, ways. all was not well, right? So yeah, there, was a, there, was an, there was an element of both and that's what led to the perfect storm and, you know. Um, but you can't also just sit in the box of when it goes well, it's the players and when it goes wrong, it's the dugout. It's both at the same time. In oh, both scenarios. Oh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So when it goes wrong, it's not just the tactics, not just the rotation, but it's also mm. players not taking individual responsibility and sure. making something happen, turning a bad situation into a good one. Yep. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, international week still left us with a draw from the EuroLeague. Uh, EuroLeague. Sorry, I was thinking basketball there for a second. I meant to say the Nations <laughs> League and the Euro playoffs. So uh, we've got... Uh, 21 nations, obviously, including Germany, the host. Three nations left to get their ticket, right? Of those uh, final three nations, we've got 12 to pick from. Wonderful. A- and there's four in each par, right? So path A, Wales will host Finland and Poland will host Estonia. And then the winners of those games will uh, play off and uh, make um, and be the path A winners into Euro 2024. Path B. Important Bos- to note that... Uh- these games are all single leg ties. There's yes, they are. That's right. Maybe. No home and away. There's no away goals. Nothing like that. March 21st and March 26th are the, da- are the dates. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bosnia will host Ukraine. Um, and then the winner of that will host either the winner of Israel and Iceland. So that's a the path B bracket. And then you've got the path C bracket. The winner of Georgia and Luxembourg will host the winner of Greece and Kazakhstan. So... Um, yeah, very, very interesting ties in March. Yes, I think that there is a clear favourite heading into it for each path. Give them to me. I think Poland, on paper, should be coming out of path A. I think Ukraine should be coming out of path B. And I think Greece should be coming out of path C. But there's uh, no th- guarantees, of course. Uh, no, I've got and a And here we were uh, before the last batch of these type yep. of path A, B and C, where we had Portugal and Italy and... And for the Italy World Cup. crashing out to North Macedonia, yep. Yeah. So there's going to be something crazy going on here. 
I think Wales end up in the Euro again. You reckon? Out of parfait, yeah. I've just got this yeah. funny feeling. Um, yeah, I've got, just got this funny feeling that uh, Wales end up uh, out of parfait. Path B is hotly contested. That could, I would not be surprised with either of those four. Ukraine uh, edge it slightly, but I wouldn't be, hey. you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Israel in there out of path, out of path B. I mean, some would say that uh, Ukraine should already be at the Euros and Italy shouldn't have uh, got the one up on them in that, uh, in that uh, last game. No, come on, please. Hang on, we'll get back to that in a second. No, you cannot be serious. Are you kidding me? You think <laughs> that was a penalty? Oh, no, I'm, I'm poking the stick, aren't I? Get well, the stick out. I don't know if you're poking, you're poking with a stick, but I don't know if you're poking, yes. what animal you're poking, if you're poking a bear or a guinea pig. Listen, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> I'm not going to be either a pig or a guinea pig or a bear. <laughs> no, come on, that that was not a penalty. No, it wasn't. It looked worse in <laughs> slow mo than what it did. But when you looked at it at real speed, come on, his leg found the Italian player. Mm, yeah, you know, and he shouldn't. Have, and it was, in fact, you know what? That was close to a dive for mine simulation. A little bit, yeah. Oh, I'm glad yeah. you agree. I mean, yeah, I do, I do. I was, I'm, I'm I part of out there. Part of me is glad that you agree. Part of me <laughs> doesn't mind the fight, but you know. Uh, but no, seriously, he was looking for it. He was. He, he, he was obviously looking for it. That's the best <laughs> way to say it, right? Yeah. Um, now, Georgia or Greece? That's it's a that's a fifty fifty one. That one. Oh, surely Greece. Surely. Uh, well, I know you're a little bit like downplaying, and no. you, you want to like be the underdog sort of deal here. Mm-mm. If Greece were at home, I'd say, yep, no worries, in the final playoff. Going away to Georgia is not going to be easy, especially with this Georgian side. They're good, but like, surely good, Greece can take care of them. They're good enough to get to penalties. I mean, every team is. No, 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 but they're, they're good enough to get the game to go to penalties, right? Um, Look, if, if Greece don't qualify, it's a massive failure. For Poyet, and I reckon Poyet will be on the chopping block. They oh, should be already. They shouldn't be already. Look, um, I might be downplaying it. I might be just going, hey, I'm... Um, Treading warily and being cautious, right? Um, really, based on the performances, take the Dutch games out. Although oh, I see that's the thing, the Dutch game at home sits in my mind. I'm going. It shows when he's thinking about things too much and trying to be clever by half, right? He wanted to sit back and actually get them on the break, and rather than actually take the game to the Dutch, and the Dutch were there. Um, the Dutch were there to be to have a, have a go at. I understand you know, the ebb and the flow of the game and that you need to, you know, withstand the pressure because uh, the Dutch will put pressure on you inevitably. This isn't a classic Dutch side. No, it's not. Let's be frank, right? No, it's not. There's and, a couple of good players in there, but... And you gave away two penalties. Right? Yeah. Actually, Greece threw that game away without one, like without meaning to. I'm not saying that, you know, nothing else what happened. It was just a bad performance. Oh, it was, and as right. was the reverse fixture. Yeah, but I expect to go to the to the Netherlands in front of a raucous crowd, and you know it, it, it's going to be a fiery atmosphere, and it's going to be it, it's going to be uncomfortable. But what gives me heart on the flip side are the performances against France. Yes, both home and away. Away, they could have gotten away with it, like they deserved the draw at the very least, and they didn't get it. Right, it wasn't to be, but the performance was. Great. There's one nil, one nils go. That's the kind of game. Well, listen, the game could have gone either way. I'll take it and move on. But not when you just capitulate to the, not capitulate, but you just make errors in calls and tactics against the Dutch, right? So, um, mind you, 
the performance against France at home. Again, they were deserving of the win and they didn't get it. Yeah, you know, I mean... They, they tested the French a lot. They did, but I don't think that necessarily has a bearing on these games because there's not a side the quality. Oh of no, we're, talk, we're, we're talking about form line, right? We're talking. That's yeah, what I'm, that's what I'm getting. But like Greece against France, it shows the you way can, that capability. the way that you go about the game is completely different to how yeah. Greece would yeah, go up against Kazakhstan. Correct. And I think the games that Greece played against Ireland is a better yardstick. Yeah, I don't think. Look, I think Ireland okay. is close. Like Kaz- Kazakhstan is much closer to Ireland than it is to France. No, Kazakhstan are a better side. Yeah, they're better, they're not, but they're not than Ireland. Kazakhstan are a better side than Ireland. I expect Greece to beat Kazakhstan, right? Um, and I hope that um, Greece beat Georgia away in Georgia if um, they're successful. But look, football is a funny thing, you know. Funny things happen in football, um, you know. So as we'll uh, obviously, you know, inevitably find, discuss something else that was funny that happened in football this week. I just don't know what yet, but yes, you know, funny things happen. Funny things do happen. Oh, actually, indeed, one thing but... just came to mind, Chelsea. Yeah, that, that's a funny thing that happened. <laughs> that is pretty but funny. But anyway. Later, 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 later. There you go. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I know um, you want to gloat, but you got to hold your nah, life. No, 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 no. Don't need to gloat. Um, <laughs> the results speak for themselves. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Brazil, Argentina. Yeah, we do need to cover that. Yeah. The good and the bad. Well, the on-pitch and the off. The bad. You want to do the bad. Let's do the off-pitch first. Yeah. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Come on. This this country hosted a World Cup. Yep. That stadium hosted a World Cup final. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What are you, Why the hell is there a mixed fan section? Uh, in, a, in a game that's Brazil and Argentina, what do you think is going to happen? Look, are we? Uh, I don't think that was the issue as far as, hey, being a mixed fan zone. I don't think that's the problem. I think what the problem um, is is look, the t- the way the tickets were issued as far mm. as, hey, you know, and Brazil's and people actually going into wrong areas and things of that nature, right? I think that the ticketing of the event itself was the issue, not so much the fact that it was a mixed zone or lack of stewards or whatever the case is. I think it was another factor of play because sure. if it was treated as it was, would have been in another part of the world mm-hmm. where you had segregated supporters, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have kicked off to the same extent. Agree. That I agree with 100%. And I'm not blaming supporters. I'm not blaming people in the stands. I'm blaming organisers and the, the thought of having... Because, look, Brazil and Argentina... Yes, there's plenty of fierce rivalries in South America, but Brazil and Argentina is probably the most fierce in terms of a national rivalry. And... I think Argentinians might be the most patriotic set of people on the planet. Uh, some countries may argue that. I think Americans might argue that. But Argentina love their country. And Brazil America. is the number one enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Brazil is the number one enemy for Argentina. And yeah. look, it seems strange to me that you would have Brazilian fans mixed with Argentinian fans in the crowd. Well, listen, I'm sure there are Brazilian and Argentinian um people that are attracted to one another and lovers and then you know it's, it's fine sure. it's not a problem right How and, and that's not a problem all right so even though might if this were if this were that's right if this were a world cup that wouldn't have happened right so no it wouldn't have. um so the fact is is that it's to do with the way that the actual tickets were administered or entry into the ground was administered and um the way that the situation was handled all right i don't want you should not see those scenes no those scenes should not appear at this level of football. At, at this any level, level of football, football shouldn't happen. No, sure. But we're talking about, like, the context. The Maracanã Stadium, right? This place hosted a World Cup final. What are you guys doing? 
yeah, I mean, you know, and some of the police scenes are, are not pretty at all. And I'm not one to cast aspersions, but eh, maybe there was a little bit of national rivalry in some of the police ranks as well. You might not be one to cast aspersions, but I think that's a fair assertion to cast, actually, <laughs> right? Because I, I think you're spot on. I, I, I think you're spot on. A hundred, like, okay, I don't have the facts based to actually back that up, but your assertion, I gut feel, mm. I'm not going to argue with because I think you're actually on the money. Yeah, and so look, there's three factors at play. It's the stewards, stroke police, it's the ticketing, and it's just having the mix zone in general. And all three factors, we can argue on which one was more impactful, which one was more the threat and the problem for what ensued. But at the end of the day, Laz, you're big on risk aversion when it comes to football things. And I think at least two out of three could have been handled better. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I try and be risk averse in all facets of life, but I can guarantee that. <laughs> but yes. Um, no, but you're so right it's all about what's on the pitch, Lance. No, but you're right there. You're right there, Nathan. Look, mm. the, all jokes aside, in all seriousness, when they're doing their risk assessment analysis of that venue, of that event, surely, you know, and, and bringing in the local authorities and the police, right? It seems to me that there's a complete breakdown somewhere. Knowing the way that we this industry works, right? There was a breakdown somewhere. And that should not have been the case. Should not have been the case. Yeah. Not when the rest of the world is actually the rest of the world was watching that game affected well, in effect, because the time zone, it's the last international of the year, effectively, right? It was probably also the biggest game and, of and the break. And it was the biggest game of the break. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Spot on. Biggest game of the break, right? So the most anticipated game of the break. Yeah. So, you know, um on the field. Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> oy, 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 oy. Yeah. Oof. Um, I was impressed with Argentina coming back against the their loss to Uruguay. Just goes to show how good Uruguay have been, I think. True, true. Absolutely. And the trouble is they, they can't exactly Brazil can't actually sack their coach, and not that I'm calling for anyone's head. Because you know, as far as we're aware, Ancelotti's still going to Brazil at the end of this season. It's Carlo, not been rubber stamped, but Carlo, Carlo don't go. But right. <laughs> well, someone else has thrown their hat in the ring. Who? The special one. Oh, no. For Brazil. He wants the job. He wants the job, yeah. For Brazil. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Been doing the rounds in the last day or two. Does but... it, has he said it or has somebody else no, said it? No, he hasn't said it, but okay. it's a good talking point. <laughs> okay. All right. And who is the somebody else that said it? If it's not for Brazil Romano, I'm not paying attention to it. <laughs> Look. Or, 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 Jose Tim, Mourinho. Or, or Tim Vickery, for that matter, out of that part of the world. Yeah. Jose Mourinho coaching Brazil. Do you see it? Look, look. I, I mean, I don't want to be too harsh on, on Jose. We love Jose at his best. But Jose Mourinho coaching Brazil should be a crime against football. I'm thinking about that. Brazil is no longer the Samba. I mean, we thought they were in the World Cup, but, geez, that turned out to be a flop. Um, yeah. Especially with... Um, uh, yeah, Tite, uh, Tite doing his uh, pigeon. <laughs> and the Richarlison pigeon. Like, fuck, that was uh, short-lived, wasn't it? It was a year ago. Yeah, That's I know. Crazy. Yeah, 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 it was a year ago. Indeed. I think it was That's a year ago. Blown by. Y- yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, maybe a year ago yesterday that Saudi, or maybe a year ago, two days, like a year ago, two days back. Um, we are recording on Monday night, so I think it was Saturday, that um, Saudi defeated Argentina. Mm-hmm. Well, thereabouts. Yeah, thereabouts. Crazy. That's been a quick year, but back on topic, lads. Yes. So, surely Brazil need a bit more of a Ancelotti rather than Jose. Fluid, fluid manager. 
a bit more proactive manager. Yes, I know Jose had some of his teams, the Real Madrid teams from halfway through his reign scored a boatload of goals. Yes, yep. I'm sure. Yes, yes, they but did. He can be he can be attacking if he's got the right tools. Now, one thing's for sure. In Brazil, you're going to get attacking. Right? You're going to get attacking flair. Defensively is the issue with Brazil. And you saw that against Argentina. They mm. were this they were disorganized. I think Argentina should have actually probably had a couple more, but I think I think the players initially in the first part of the game were a bit um off put by the impact of the scenes prior to the game. Um so that obviously had an impact, I think, on the actual game itself. The actual um, intensity of the game was quite good. Um, it was physical. Brazil just couldn't get into a rhythm, though. I thought Argentina handled it very well and, and probably deserved another, another two goals out of it, to be fair. Um, you know, I was surprised that they only won by 1-0. Yeah. I mean, Brazil got some work to do. Um, I'm sure the backpackers have all yeah. heard the stat. It's the first time they've ever, 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 ever lost a home World Cup qualifier dating all the way back to the 50s. They've never lost at home, Brazil, until this window. Until, until this campaign. Yeah. You know, and um, I would um, hazard a guess and say that, oh, actually, no, I won't hazard a guess. I'll check. I'm, I think Brazil are actually sitting in sixth at the moment and they're uh, in the playoff space or seventh. I think seventh. I think six go through. Six, I think South America has six and a half. Commonwealth has six and a half places, right? So I think they're sitting in seventh at the moment. It was. That's uh, quite concerning. Wouldn't it be something if Brazil miss out on the World Cup? Mm, so you've got Paraguay and Venezuela. Uh, sorry, Paraguay and um, Ecuador and Venezuela in front of them, I think. I think the um, Peru, Chile and Bolivia are the um, cellar dwellers. Yes, and Paraguay below Brazil as well, but... You're right, down in sixth. Down in sixth, okay. So Paraguay is seventh, Brazil mm. in sixth, yep. yep. Um, look, I'm sure they'll turn it around, especially with this expanded tournament. If it was four and a half spots, then uh, maybe we could get a little bit excited about the prospect of a big scout being taken. But as I said on the last pod, World Cup qualifying uh, is a lot less interesting now. Brazil will make it, but it's just a question of how, that's all. Yeah. Okay. okay. Shall we move on, Les? We'll move on. I'd like to start on some international news okay fair enough because uh as you know Les, we like to go around the world and we like to cover mm-hmm. off stories as they appear from all corners yeah, sure we, we might end up at home at toward the end but uh, that's okay no we get uh if we're going off this next story we're getting very close to home oh, okay let's go but not quite i want to take you to the pacific games uh if i'm not mistaken they're actually happening in solomon islands or fiji something like that at the moment is that right or New Caledonia. Uh, yes, Solomon Islands, you're right. Solomon Islands, there we go. Okay. I'm glad. I don't know how that's stuck in my mind, but there you go. Follow <laughs> me impressed. <laughs> okay. And I want to talk to you about Group B in particular. It's a three-team group with okay. Vanuatu, Papua New Guinea, and Tuvalu. Okay, you're going to have to enlighten me here because I only know that the Pacific Games are on. Is it the Pacific Games? Is that what they're called? Or the Asian? Yep. yep. Yeah, Pacific Games. Yeah. Um, I believe they're being televised in Australia as well. I haven't had a chance to get across any of it, but I believe they're actually being mm. televised at the moment. That would be news to me, but uh, okay. look, I didn't pick this up from watching the game, but uh-huh. uh, I did see it. All right. So Papua New Group B, Papua New Guinea? Papua New Guinea, so Vanuatu, and, and Tuvalu. Okay, Tuvalu, okay. Yep. Three teams, only first place goes through. Sure. Now, the way it's panned out, the group has all been finalised. Okay. And for Papua New Guinea... Mm-hmm. 
they have been very harshly dumped out of this tournament. Okay. I, I now, would have thought Vanuatu would go through all Papua New Guinea, but yes, okay. Yes, Vanuatu have gone through. Right. But how they've gone through is uh, interesting to say the least. So, okay. The difference between Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea going through, both had one win, both had one draw. Yep. So goal difference was the decider. Now, the game between Tuvalu and Vanuatu ended up 6-0 to Vanuatu. Mm-hmm. The game between Papua New Guinea and Tuvalu didn't happen. Tuvalu didn't turn up, and it was a walkover. So it was only recorded as a 3-0. It was. It was recorded as a 3-0. PNG did not have the chance to put six goals past them like Vanuatu did, and it's seen them dumped out of the tournament. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'll... That is fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating in the sense that I would never have thought, you know, that that would actually happen. You've got the trouble of going to the games. Why not play? Yeah. Um, the two of other players get, uh, not get paid or is that what the issue is or why didn't Apparently they Apparently the Tuvalu, I don't know, the uh, demonym for people from Tuvalu, Tuvaluans perhaps. Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, they didn't arrive in time. They were late. before. So late for kickoff. Yes. Yeah, but there are dispensation in the rules for that kind of thing. I mean, like, like if you're going to get, like, the 3-0 seems... It seems I like mean, it's something... A, it seems untoward, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's, it does. It seems very suspect. And, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, it's something we've talked about. Teams should just take a 3 deal to avoid losing by more. Tongue in cheek. Well, <laughs> hang on. In, in the case of Ireland and Netherlands, well, yeah, because <laughs> we're saying that, well, if you're Ireland, you're going to lose any, well, not you're going to lose anyway, but it's in your interest to lose, which is a, it just goes to show the inadequacies of the Nations League system and the way that the playoffs work. But okay, it is what it is. Ireland, as it turned out, didn't get um, to be one of the 12 nations. So, oh, well, tough to be you. Tough. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. So, you know, we like it. We love our Irish friends, but yes, there you go. But interesting, Les, with this, right? Mm. What's your solution to this? How do you stop teams from, if it is nefarious, if it is deliberate to take a 3 0 forfeit walkover? Because PNG yeah. have been robbed of the chance to qualify. Yeah, but you can't, Nathan. You can't, you can't stop it because the fact is that they would know the team officials would know what the rules are prior to the competition commencing. So if the rules actually allow for this or cater for this, then it's a risk that this is going to take place. Now, I'm more interested in why this occurred. Now, if we're saying that the players turned up late, right, if they were there willing to play, um, I would have thought that they could go to the games organisers or whoever the delegated delegated authority of the, the games are to actually get some kind of dispensation to say, hey, maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows what the story was and why the players ended up late? If the players were there and they were ready to play, then the game should have gone ahead. Yeah. But if something untoward happened where only half the team, I mean, you don't know what the circumstances are, right? May only had six players turn up. You need seven to start a game, right? I think it's just a bad look for the game and for that competition and organisation, to be honest. It is. It is. And... Look, I, I think a fair solution would have been to organise a penalty shootout between Vanuatu and PNG. Mm, only if the rules prior to the commencement of the competition are catered for that. And that should be written into the rules going forward, potentially. I, I, I don't think that should. I, look, yes. Yeah, you're right there, Nathan. It could be. It could be catered for. And I wouldn't actually say a penalty shootout. I would actually say a game. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Just a, a simple clause. If in the event of a walkover, a team 
is eliminated from the tournament or goal difference is used as a tiebreaker, then play a game or do whatever you want. What you could do is say, all right, in the case in the case of a walkover, um, in this type of scenario, um, the worst result, well, could be fair. Let's say you had four teams in this group. You would say that the worst results suffered by that team would be the equivalent of the score given to the team that was ready to play. So if that, so let me just flesh it out for you. So let's say that the worst result that this team suffered was Vanuatu and it was 6-0. What you would actually then do is if they decided to forfeit, you would give PNG a 6-0 win instead of a a 3-0 win, at which point then you could say, okay, well, you're equal in goal difference, playoff. I think there's still a little bit of room for abuse in that system. Because if there's another team in there, maybe that other team beat them by more. Let's say it's 12. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But hang on. But the reason why I say that, Nathan, is because then prior to the commencement of the, the competition starting, everybody knows where they stand. So if there's a fourth team in that group and that team won by 12, then you knew, okay, well, that wouldn't, let's say it was Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands won by 12. Papua New Guinea get the 12 nil win, right? Then they actually play off to go through and that's it. Yeah, the uh, only question would be if the team that finished third got the best result and then you could actually dictate which team goes through by not turning up. Hey, look, that's fair. Mm. That's fair. Mm. That's fair. Mm. But I think there's good. I mean, there's, uh, you know, a pro and a con to everything, but I think that at least people go, you know what, fair enough, man. You know, why, yeah. should, why should a 3 nil win be recorded and that side be disadvantaged because the other team, you know, wanted to be out? Um, well, yeah, I was going to say something then, but I won't. Go on. Yeah, because the other team wanted to be difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm putting that diplomatic. <laughs> Look, I think they should break out more playoffs earlier than the current assignment, I think. Golf sure. points, golf goal difference, then go to a playoff. Don't bring in the goal scored and matches between those. Go, go straight. Go, go for a playoff. How much more football do you want to play? <laughs> what about the players? No, go on. Just do a shootout then. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they're on the other side of the country, drag them over for one shootout and then send them home if they lose. <laughs> do a virtual shootout. No. Um, yeah. No. No, look, I, I'll take your point, but I think that's just poor. No, I feel sorry for PNG. Mm, yeah, shame. Mm. Les, do you have any other international break related stories for us? Not international break related, no, not at this point. Right, let's jump back into Well, actually, uh, actually, I do. Ooh, Just do. Okay. Hosts yep. of Euro 2024 came back to Europe. Mm. Germany. Yes. Is Nag- has Nagelsmann taken on a poison chalice? Because <sighs> they Kinda. were ordinary, and Leroy Sane had a brain explosion against Austria. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> right? Like, seriously, mate, you need help. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. This German side should not be getting the results they're getting against the countries they're playing in the places they're playing. And look, it started off brightly for Nagelsmann, but these um, the last two fixtures showed the shortcomings of this German side for some yeah. reason. I, I don't know what is going on. Their keeper is shocking. Their keeper is yep. woeful. I think they're missing a number nine. Well, they got that full crew, you know, from uh, Borussia Dortmund. But yes, yeah, so I understand what you're saying. I think they're missing more than that. Look, they're missing they more, missing than, more than, than that. They're missing they more are. than that. They're missing an ingredient, and because they've got the talent, I think they just oh. don't have the um, tactical. Yeah. They don't have the football now, and the tactical wherewithal. Really, look, I think Germany's got very good midfielders, and they've got 
Very good players in wide positions. I think defense is very much a question mark in between the posts and up front. I think there's too many problem positions for Germany. And look, they brought out the pots for the Euro draw that'll be coming up. And in pot one, you've got Germany alongside Portugal, France, Spain, Belgium, and England. Mm-hmm. One of those is not like the others. And Germany is absolutely the team that you want to be drawing out of pot one. Because when you've, when you've got the, the winners of the last Euro in pot four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you will have, I think you'll have a group of Italy and Germany, right, for instance. Yeah, and then you can chuck in the Netherlands. And who the best team in pot two, perhaps, or Denmark. Yeah, okay. Let's go go Austria, right? Sure. Yeah, you know. Um, But yeah, it's... But Germany, too many problems. Too many problems. Yeah. And you say for Krug, yes, he's doing all right for Dortmund, maybe, but he wouldn't start for any of the other teams in pot one. They don't look good. They don't look good. And the fact is, you're right. They're only Germany would be pot three. Yeah, they would if be. they if they weren't hosts. And what a fall from grace it is. So like, less than a decade ago, they were world champions. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, now so. look at them. They're the team that every team wants to be drawn. Oh yeah, I, I don't think anyone fears them now. No. You know, which is crazy. Mm. Like, it's going to take a massive rebuild, I think. And Rafa Honigstein did a good book about the the German youth setup that led up to the. 2014 World Cup win, mm-hmm. how they revamped everything and revolutionised the whole process. It looks like they need to do the same thing again because it's, they've got some uh, they've got some decent kids coming through, but not in the right positions. It's funny how the Germans and Italians have to rebuild, and the and like at the end of the rebuild, they are ultimately su- successful. But it's fascinating that they win, they get to the you know to the pinnacle, and then it just rapidly declines, and then they need to you know basically do a an assessment and you know an emergency assessment like you know three four campaigns later so then they can get back to the same pinnacle you know after 10 years it's just so it's a 20 year cycle for them right effectively mm. normally which means that I, I place Italy as favorites for the 2026 World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh but all jokes aside yeah I mean it's it, it's it's hilarious yeah just and look Kai Herberts can be a good footballer and he can do what he likes in terms of scoring a winner on the weekend for Arsenal, but he's not a left back. Sure. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So that's the only thing. Ah, hang on. There is one more thing there. Staying with Europe. Yeah. We mentioned San Marino, the last, oh, like in the last international window prior Mm. to this one. You know, they've scored in three consecutive games now. Amazing. (laughs) So there you go. Look, I, to... I want to see San Marino put into the Pacific Games that we just talked about and see how they go. Should there be a World Cup for the worst 32 nations? <laughs> I, I, I would actually... <laughs> yes, and admittedly, I'm going to say this, I would watch some of it. I'll, be, <laughs> I'll say the truth, I would watch some of it. <laughs> yes, I would as well. There should be also, on a similar vein, maybe not to the same extent, but... I'd like to see some sort of uh, European competition for uh, second division winners. Second, like a a European Conference League or something like that, like a Champions yep. League of second division winners. Yep. Oh, so I, have, I don't, I don't what, know if I can, I can go with you there. What, you'd have a, a European tournament for the likes of Burnley, Burnley and Yeesh. I forget I forget, forget who won the other divisions last season, but... Uh, Burnley's equivalents on the continent. Mm. It'd be interesting once, maybe. Uh, if they did it, in maybe the not. Old, if no, no. <laughs> look, I'm I'm going to say no at this point. But hear me out for a second. 
it would be interesting if they actually applied the old home and away format of European competitions to that kind of competition. So two like a two-legged mm. affair. Yep. They make it a two-legged affair and just do it that way. Still straight you, knockout too. Yeah, and what would you call this competition? The UEFA what? Because UEFA would want to have the, get their grubby hands on it. Mm, they would. They would, and they'd have to come up with a, a snazzy new name. It would be um, a one-word name. Mm. Good question. Mm. We have to but come yes. with a word, a phrase for it. <laughs> but it's an interesting concept nonetheless. Back figures, send in uh, your uh, concept names. The the UEFA Concept League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes. Okay. So where to next, Nathan? I've got hey. a couple little things, Laz. Okay, sure. Um, but I'm sure you want to talk about Newcastle. Oh, we'll get to that. All right. They're, they're still further down the line, are they? Oh, we haven't not, arrived not at... much further. We haven't arrived at <laughs> there, but yes. <laughs> Um, Did you want to mention do... that uh, Kevin Musket, unfortunately, on the losing side for the J League title race? Correct. Uh, and Vissel Kobe, yeah, Vissel Kobe winning their first J League. Yes, and uh, Andreas Iniesta was there for time mm-hmm. and time, but he retires. In comes uh, Juan Mata, one and Spaniard out, another Spaniard in, and here success. they are, J League champions. Mm. Correct success. Uh, congratulations to them, and look, congratulations to Kevin Musket on a that's yeah. Congratulations. I've never thought I'd say that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Only because of who was coaching before and all that kind of stuff, but no, congratulations yes. to him. But look, that's two two really good seasons for Kevin mm. Musket in Japan. Yeah. And yeah. no surprise that he's linked to other roles in Europe. Do you, but, su- uh, do you suspect he'll stay in Japan one more? I think he's going to stay one more year. I think he might, yeah. Mm. Yep, I think you're right there. I think you're right. Laz, I've got another uh, quirky one for you. Love the quirky ones, Nathan. Bring them on. I want to talk about the uh, FA Cup for this season. Yes. We've uh, had a round or two already. Yes, we have. Of the uh, competition proper. I was going to say, I mentioned, we mentioned our friends Swindon getting taken care of. But yes. yes, they certainly did. Uh, but uh, Barnsley have also been taken care of. I noticed. Mm, they've been booted out mm. because they fielded an ineligible player. Well, one of the squad members was on loan. At another club and came back for the game, but uh, was never registered in time. It just leaves you and shaking it, your head, doesn't it? Yeah. How on earth can this happen? <laughs> it makes you wonder what the team officials are doing. Yeah. You know, aside but, from the club officials, but the team officials. I mean, what are they, what are they doing? I wonder what actually happened to you. Like, did they draft up an email and then they just never hit send? Like, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> possibly. Absolutely. That that's plausible. Or did they like send it, but the internet was down or their computer crashed or they typed in the wrong email address, perhaps. It could be any one of those factors. <laughs> and because of whatever reason it was, they've been dumped out of the competition. And uh, the uh, benefactors is uh, one Horsham. Mm-hmm. And look, congratulations to them. They get a second bite of the cherry. They do. And uh, I saw they play uh, Sutton United in the next round. So, uh, hey, maybe they can spring an upset again. There you go. They could, they could very well do so. Mm. What do you got for me, Les? A league. I want to talk about Let's the A league. We haven't talked about Australian football yet. We, well, we haven't. Well, not we clubland have, anyway. Not clubland. Um, what did you make of the last round? Uh okay, all right. I mean, Sydney Derby was fun. It was. I, I, I went out to the game. Uh Sydney Derby put it to one side. I think this A league men's round was a bit here or there. Not a, a whole lot to uh, really sink your teeth into, but. We'll stay on the big game of the weekend, Sydney Derby. It was great. Almost 30K there at uh, the new Moore Park Stadium. 
and it was so loud yeah, inside awesome. the ground. It was the loudest I've seen it for a long time, actually. The Sydney Derby and a good game, I mm. think. Hotly contested. I think the uh, the state of the pitch was a little bit jarring for some of the players. We saw a lot of slips. We can uh, thank mm. Robbie Williams for that. These concerts mm. on our, on the grounds that the A-League is being played on. I know, look, yes, they've got to be done, I understand, but, man, like, you've got to give an opportunity for these grounds to recover. Like, you know, Newcastle had it, they won't be able to, you know, they're not, you know, they won't be able to play. That's um, a pass. You know, because um, you saw what what had happened the la- like when I think it was um, Paul McCartney. I think Paul McCartney mm. had a concert out, uh, up there, and and then there was a game a few days after, and it just looked terrible. Right? Yeah. Again, and Suncorp. look, the concert wouldn't take place in September in peak rugby league time. Of course not. Suncorp, another you know another one. Like, and this is why I'm a bit reluctant about the MCG and Taylor Swift. <laughs> Aside from the fact that it's Taylor Swift. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, right. I think, yes, these concerts have to take place, sure. But particularly in the case of Brisbane, I think it just highlights the need for a smaller venue. Yeah. Yes, Should the Raw be playing out of Ballymore all the time? I think that fix would, up? I think that would be awesome. I think Perry Park for mine is the answer. Oh, yes, I agree. But right now, mm. I think Ballymore is, a, you know, is probably a bit more palatable than... Um, than uh, yeah, it's also more palatable than uh, Redcliffe. Correct, correct. Because yes, maybe it's a stadium appropriately sized, but way too far out. Is John Lucy under trouble now? Yes, I think so. Big time. Yep. That result on the weekend. Five. Yeah, the result on the weekend did not help at all. Losing three. And one. I mean, I think it's been coming. I, I think I said it the last part that I think you're right. He'd be, he ought to be looking over his shoulder. Mm, I think you're right, Nathan. I, I think it's coming because last season wasn't great. In their title defence, they started very poorly. And yeah, they rallied a little bit second half of the season. Yeah, they did. And the same might happen this season, given the opportunity, but it can't continue. I don't um, think it can continue. I, the trouble is, you could see where the improvement would come last season. This season, yeah. you can't see where the improvement's coming. No. Unfortunately, and, and I feel for John. What was it? Five hours without a goal that I hear? Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. In, in, in the A-League as well, where it is more favourable for attackers and... Yeah, higher average goals than other leagues. To go that long without scoring is ridiculous. And yeah. I think Western United need the new stadium mm-hmm. more than anything else. Agree. Even if it is this smaller one that's ready to go about in what the new year sometime. Yeah, we hope. Um, because that offering out of Bathurst on the weekend was poor on multiple fronts. What was uh, on the pitch uh, uh, out of Ballarat? Ballarat is what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bathurst, Ballarat. Very similar. Gold gold panning cities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh no, there was no gold on show here for Western United. Uh on the pitch or in the stands. No. Um they they couldn't give the tickets away. They tried. Mm. Um Central Coast win. Yes. And how? Very yeah. good. Very mm. good win. Very good win. And uh really good goals in this game too. Mm. Good to see Will Wilson get on the score sheet. He's had his moments previously, but uh great finish and a great goal as well. Good team goal. Yeah. And uh, good as well to see goal from uh, Jing Luol. And uh, maybe the Mariners are turning a corner. Maybe. Maybe. The Knicks yes, are looking maybe. good. Yeah, the Knicks are looking good still. Oh, Alex Bolson. <laughs> what what a keeper he is. Unbelievable. He's still a boy too. 22 years old. Incredible In keeper terms, that is a boy. It is a boy. And it's incredible performance. Incredible. Yeah, if no. he keeps it up, he might be picking up some uh, individual medals at the end of the season. Could very well do. Could very well the do. The keeper's never won the uh, the uh, was it Alex Tobin? 
Yes, I think it's Alex Tobin. Or yeah, who's the Johnny Warren? Well, the Alex Tobin's the media award, I think. Maybe it's the Johnny Warren. Mm, the Johnny Warren is the mm. the actual one. But um, also, we had uh, your MacArthur Bulls throw the game so away close. at the end. Throw, yes. throw the game away at the end. Very much so. The last 20 minutes, they threw it away. And Fornaroli manages to score again. No, he didn't. Oh, it wasn't Fornaroli. No, it was an own goal. Thought, I thought ah, I thought it was. See, on, on the footage, I thought, yes. Okay, so it was given as an own goal afterwards. I think so. Okay, because no, I thought it was Fornaroli, but yes. Mm. It looked like he it was um, very very convincing. Yeah, and I don't know what uh, Yanu was doing, trying to win the ball, but mm. he uh, wasn't looking where his boot was pointing and it uh, was able to beat Curto, who was having a good game up until that point. Yeah. But two weeks in a row, the Bulls threw away some points. All right, time to go to England and Spain. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. You're one a very happy person this weekend, I'm sure. A 4-1 and a 3-0. Yeah, the 4-1 at St. James Park against Chelsea. Look, first half was fairly even, I thought. But the second half, geez. Chelsea just offered themselves on a plan. <laughs> Absolutely. And it could Thiago have been Silva. And it could have been more though, Nathan, too. And it should yeah, have been more. Could have been. Sugar Silver and Reese James, just yeah. what are they doing? Yeah, should have been more. And but that's uh, but that's not the story. The story is the um the relentless attitude of the Newcastle being able to to hunt them down that way with the players that they've got missing. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. And what's what's the kid's name in midfield that got an assist? Oh, Miley. Miley, that's the one. Seventeen year old. Mm. Yeah, great player. It shows the the extent of the. Uh, well, it's not just injuries, but the unavailables for Newcastle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Great. Good little player. Yeah. Seems and good. Seems good. As Is he a local lad? Is he yes. in the Northeast? Yeah, he is. Cool. Yeah. The next in a long line. Mm. So, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was an interesting, you know, performance. And, look, Pochettino was saying that that was Chelsea's worst game of the season so far. I uh, don't know about uh, that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I was going to say there are a couple others that I can think of, but... Look, Newcastle were just at it, and um, yeah, let's just uh, wait and see what happens next midweek. But um, and uh, later on in the week, yes, uh, yes. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Real Madrid, that we will. Bellingham back and goal. Talk about Rodrigo. I know that, but hang on, Bellingham back and goal. (laughs) Belly goal, belly goal. But Rodrigo, yes, amazing. Again, this guy has scored fantastic goals for how many weeks now? Mm. He's been on fire lately. He has. And what shifted over to the left side because Vinny's out. Hey, Vinny might not get his spot back. At this rate, he might not. <laughs> and, and that, and that, but that's saying something, right? It's nuts. Mm. Yeah. And look, Rodrigo's always for mine as someone who doesn't watch Real Madrid every week, but just the perspective of it is someone who's always been sort of a little bit in the shadow of Vinny. He's popped up with important goals here and there, but not someone who you'll look to, okay, I can't wait to watch Ross Rodrigo this week. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You, you, yeah, that's right. He has. Um, and he's been comfortable in that position doing that, but he's definitely come to the fore now and he's playing well. And Real Madrid who look like they're um, you know, hitting some form again and – Glad to see uh, Barcelona drop points of Vega Karma. It was a good yes. weekend. It was it was a good weekend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, one uh, very happy Mr. Gremos on the other side of the call. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, and almost as happy as you with uh, the three 0 win at. Uh, oh, well, probably a little bit happier actually, if I should think about it. But yes, how did you uh, 
take this morning's performance as we are recording on a Monday night. Yes, um, I think Luke Shaw being back is the best news of the season so far for Manchester mm-hmm. United. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, we talked about the uh, Ganacho screamer at the yes. top of the episode. Correct. That feels like hours ago now because yep. it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, also, Kobe Maidu is one to really look for. He is, isn't he? He's amazing for his age. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. provided that they can manage his minutes and his development properly, then. There's a real player in there. Yes, I know, one game, but he showed maturity beyond his years and just he keeps it simple, nice and simple. Picks up the ball on the half turn. If there's a pass to be played, he'll play it, play it. But if not, he'll turn back and just play the simple one. United haven't had a midfielder like that for years. Mm. Casemiro doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. Mitomino doesn't do that. Amrabat doesn't do that. There's no one else in the squad who's that style of midfielder, which seems crazy to me. But I think Ten Hag's going to try and mould Manu into his new Frankie Dion. And that's why it was been so desperate to get Frankie de Jong, right? Yeah. So, um, what do you make of Ten Hag so far? I think, look, he's can't complain. They're, they are the, even though they're not playing it on the park, <laughs> as if they are the form side, but result-wise they are. Yeah, five wins out of the last six. Mm. And, look, if it wasn't a form run, a form line like that, he probably would have lost his job, given the teams that United have been playing of late. Yep, yep. But December is going to be a big test. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we go to your mob on the weekend. Starting this weekend, yes. Yes. Liverpool is coming up. Yeah. You guys come to St. James. Mm. It, that, I reckon, look, it's the game of the weekend for mine. That's a big week. It's a massive week of football. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's the game of the weekend. Not because it's a backpack derby, but it's because, you know, uh, look, you know, there's a certain romance and history with the Newcastle United versus Manchester United. Yeah, there is. And... It's always hotly contested, and uh, I don't know what happened last year. I think I uh, lost it from my memory. Especially at St. James Park. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, we, you know, Newcastle United, I'm not downplaying this. Newcastle United are definitely <laughs> suffering. Interesting to see how they'll go at uh, Paris Saint-Germain this week in the Champions yep. League. It's so, a must-win game for your boys. If they want to progress into the top, in the uh, final 16, yeah. Yeah, it is. They've got to win. And I think they can, but, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's just going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting week. Indeed, indeed, mm-hmm. Laz. All right. Yes, so Nathan, Laz. You've, you've already alluded to it. Big week in football. It's a massive week in football. Massive. And uh, I know with how fragmented football is now across the different platforms, it's somewhat difficult to keep a track of. So uh, for the backpackers who uh, are struggling to keep up with everything, I've uh, got you a little handy guide here. So we're recording on Monday night. Uh-huh. Tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, the backpays will know the results, but there's some La Liga. We've also got some Premier League on. Fantastic. Tomorrow night is match day five of the Asian Champions League on Paramount. Uh-huh. No Australian teams, but uh, there will be an action. There'll be a host of games there to check out. Wednesday morning is the European Champions League on Stan. Uh, the highlight, of course, is PSG Newcastle and AC Milan Borussia Dortmund. Those games are both uh-huh. at 7 a.m. Sydney time. Yes, they are. The uh, culmination of this fantastic group. We're getting to it anyway. It's mm. uh, really something. Uh, Wednesday evening, Laz, Asian Champions League, Melbourne City are at Ventforet Kofu. Kofu in Japan is first versus second in that group. Yep. That's at 9 p.m. tomorrow night on Paramount Plus. Uh, yep. As well as the Mariners hosting uh, Terengganu, first versus second in their AFC Cup group. Cup. That's yep. at 7 p.m. Uh, on the Central Coast on 10 play. Awesome. See what I mean? Hard to keep track yeah, of. Absolutely, like yeah. Stand. Yeah. yeah, sure. Thursday morning, European Champions League. 
The highlights for mine are Real Madrid Napoli at seven. And yes. before that is Galatasaray Manchester United at 445. Which I'll be watching. Mm, not looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, maybe the season is turning around in, in the Champions League as well. Let's just wait and see what happens. Let's wait and see. Thursday evening, match day five of the uh, AFC Cup. MacArthur hosting Sean United at 7 p.m. Sydney time. Now, that game was scheduled to be at Lamia, Hamilton Sports Stadium. And on where Thursday is it? Night. It's no longer there because the Sean United players have been denied their visas to get into the country. Oof. So the game is now instead being taken place in uh, Thailand. Okay. So, uh, Interesting. So, Why were they denied uh, their visas? Because of all the uh, situations going on in Myanmar. Ah, oh, right. Yes. Un- understood. Okay. Mm. Not that it's the team involved no, in that. No, but understood. Understood. Yep. I think uh, not a totally unreasonable thing for Australia to deny the visas mm-hmm. for those players. No, um, and the game got moved because if MacArthur forfeited, then there would have been sanctions placed on the Correct. club in the league and Correct. can't be having that. Friday morning, we are back over to Europe for the match day five of the Europa League and the Conference League on Stan. Uh Highlights for mine will be at 4.45, Aik Athens against uh, Brighton. Yeah, Aik, yeah, Aik, Aik, yeah, And at seven o'clock is uh, Frankfurt against Pauk. Uh, Yes, that is a big game for that Mm. group. Yes, first, first, second, and two massive clubs. Yes, they are big uh, clubs. I think that would be one, the feisty atmosphere as well. Yeah, it's in Frankfurt, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, if you ever get a chance to go to bulk, go. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's an experience. <laughs> it's an experience. And if you and if you um uh, want to see what I mean, um maybe just YouTube bulk versus Olympiakos at home. Like so, it's got to be bulk versus Olympiakos that not the other way around. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Certainly would is a uh, certainly a very tough away day. Gives Ring of Fire a different name altogether, or different meaning <laughs> all, altogether. Yes. Okay. And uh, all that leads into uh, Friday evening, where the A-League men's is back in action for Brisbane War against Western Sydney on Paramount+, mm-hmm, Plus, mm-hmm. kicking off the uh, A-League weekend. And last, it's a massive that, weekend. That's a game. Football. That's a game. That is a game, A-League. indeed. That's a game for the A-League. Brisbane versus, the, you know, rejuvenated Brisbane Raw versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, that'll be... Uh, That'll be a good one to watch on Friday night. Mm. And look, and some of the highlights for this weekend coming up. Before we you get to some of them already. Before mm. you go to this weekend, I should have mentioned that uh, Madrid Napoli. Yep. If it's anything like the first game that was played, the first group game earlier, I think it was on match day one or two. Mm-hmm. My lord, I'll be watching that as well because that was yes. just some of the best football you'll see. <laughs> that was so entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they can uh, repeat the act. Yeah. And um, Bellingham can repeat special. the act, I tell you. Belly goal. Yes. Go to the yes, this weekend, this coming weekend, Nathan. So we talked about the backpack derby, Newcastle, Manchester United. We talked about yes, we talked about Leverkusen Dortmund on B in Sport. Yes, we did. Uh also this weekend we have Man City Tottenham on Optus. Yep. Yep. That could be uh five nils of City, but it also could be a Tottenham win. It won't be anything in between. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) What did what did you make just quickly? And we we mentioned Mm. Villa and Villa was successful at Spurs. Um Earlier today, as we record, what did you make of that? I found it interesting that um, yeah, Spurs just couldn't, you know, couldn't hold on to the lead and actually ram their advantage home and, and let Villa back in. Well, Spurs should have been out of sight after about thirty-five minutes. I agree with you. They had the chances to put three or four past them. Yeah, it, you know, if it was, I think if it was two nil up with mm. uh, thirty in, I think um, 
yeah, that game, the result of that game would have been different. Like as far yeah. as I think it would have been a Spurs win. But yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but Villa and you know Emery are just so plucky now. They are and difficult. I team. think I saw a stat in 2023. They're level on points with Arsenal, which is ridiculous to say. Yeah, difficult. Yeah, they're a difficult team. They're they're a very difficult team to play against. Yeah, and hey, keep this up. They will be playing Champions League next season, which mm. would be amazing. I'm surprised at how well they're doing. I thought, would there be a drop-off with yeah. the Conference League in action as well? Mm. But they're handling it. Emery's an expert when it comes to that. those competitions. He's an expert in the European competition, but often the league form suffers. Yeah, that's true. Um, which it might well do later on in the season for Villa. And Maybe. that's what I'm, I'm kind of banking on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having said that, it's an important game for Newcastle more so this weekend than Man U in terms of oh, just it? getting a win. Yeah, look, if if Newcastle managed to get the win over Man U this weekend, yeah, Newcastle go ahead of Man U on mm. the goal difference. But to do it with the, the, the current situation that Newcastle faces, it's a big, it's a big win. It, it would be a big win. It's it's a big win for Manchester United if it is to be as well because sure United sure. have their fair share of injuries sure. and given last season's not four nil like, what was it demolition yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. you don't have to one up me on the injury front I know I know <laughs> but but Nathan no. I think <laughs> go go on <laughs> there's a lot of stake in that game this there weekend is. there is and there's a massive three points on offer for both clubs if they are to take it yep yep and I think it does sort of dictate the start of this festive period. Yeah. Because there's a lot of games coming up. Yeah. And if you start on the front foot, then momentum's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I, I Look, I'm not going to predict the result or anything like that. I just hope Newcastle win for my sake. But, you know, the fact that it's at home as well, you know, the crowd will be up for it. It'll be it'll it'll be one to watch, though, not the sport. Don't miss it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's under the lights too. Yeah. 7 a.m. on it Sunday morning, I think. Correct. Yeah. Which would be amazing atmosphere, mm. I'm sure. Uh, also coming up this weekend is Napoli Inter on BN Sport. Correct. Good game. Barca Atleti. Big one. Big one indeed. Big one. And uh, we've also got the uh, MLS Conference Finals. Yes. On Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. And who, They're both who, on Sunday. Cincinnati uh, knocked out Philly. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Columbus Crew knocked out Orlando. And LA knocked out Seattle. They did. They did. And, LA, uh, LA, LAFC, we should say. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, I think LAFC are the team to beat for mine. I think so. I think so now. Um, but both those games are going to be on Sunday during the day, which is, for mine, one of the best parts about MLS. It doesn't clash with anything, and it's uh, if you're not doing anything on Sundays, it's a great watch. Um, you've also got good games in the, in the women's side of the world game this weekend as well on mm-hmm. our front you've got man city against perth and a wellington melbourne victory the top four all playing each other this weekend Mel- melbourne city not man city i say man city yes you did hmm. <laughs> I, I i know that was you know a freudian slip but that's all right yes uh let's let's call it intentional um yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after Man City put seven past Tottenham on the weekend, I don't think Perth want to face them. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yes, the top four of the A-League women's are going head-to-head this weekend. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Mm. And also Arsenal, Chelsea in the WSL. Yes. Jeez, mm. it's a big weekend. It's a massive weekend. Big weekend. Big weekend. Big weekend of football. Looking forward to it. Big week of football yep. leading into a big weekend. Happy December. Indeed, indeed. Your mouth of the good lord's ears, my friend. So, <laughs> yes, happy December indeed. But um, it'll be even happier when Newcastle win on the weekend. 
Hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he says. He says. You know. Hopefully. 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 Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll be hopeful too. I'm hopeful as well of a win yeah. for the Red Devils and a way win. Hey, look, uh, hopeful, just... not expectant. Well, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. That's exactly it could where be anything. Yeah, it could be. That's exactly where I see it. Hopeful, not expectant. Yep. Um, Nathan, we've hit the back peg. I think we have, Les. Thank you for your company for the past two and a bit hours. As we record, yes, we have. There's a bit of you know a bit of pre-show stuff, but hey, yes, <laughs> but uh, never sees the light of day. That's right. <laughs> but that's all good. All good. Thanks. Thank again, you as Nathan. well to yep. uh, all the listeners. We appreciate every one of you. Indeed. And uh, do leave your feedback. Send it into us on uh, X or Insta. Uh, do leave your reviews as well. We appreciate we appreciate them be it on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Indeed. And uh, we will speak to you next week. Enjoy the football. All take care.